Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 213. Spalpeen, up to your old tricks, are you? And a broad-beat cop with an honest Irish face walks the bishop back into the jewelry store. Begging your pardon, but has this man just bought anything from you, asks the cop. Certainly not, says the bishop. Tell him I have not. Indeed he has, says the jeweler. He bought a pearl and diamond necklace from me, paid it for it in cash as well. Would you have the bills available, sir, asks the cop. So the jeweler takes the $1,200 bills from the cash register and hands them to the cop, who holds them up in the light and shakes his head in wonder. Oh, soapy, soapy, he says. These are the finest that you've made yet. You're a craftsman, that you are. A self-satisfied smile spreads across the bishop's face. You can't prove nothing, says the bishop. And the bank said that they were on the level. It's the real green stuff. I'm sure they did, agrees the cop on the beat. But I doubt that the bank had been warned that Soapy Sylvester was in town, nor of the quality of the hundred-dollar bills he'd been passing in Denver and in St. Louis. And with that, he reaches into the bishop's pocket and pulls out the necklace. Twelve hundred dollars worth of diamonds and pearls in exchange for fifty cents worth of paper and ink, says the policeman, who is obviously a philosopher at heart. And passing yourself off as a man of the church, you should be ashamed, he says, as he claps the handcuffs on the bishop, who's obviously no bishop, and he marches him away, but not before he gives the jeweler a receipt for both the necklace and the twelve hundred counterfeit dollars. It's evidence, after all. Was it really counterfeit? asked Shadow. Of course not. Fresh banknotes straight from the bank, only with a thumbprint and a smudge of green ink on a couple of them to make it a little more interesting. Shadow sipped his coffee. It was worse than prison coffee. So the cop was obviously no cop, and the necklace? Evidence, said Wednesday. He unscrewed the top from the salt shaker, poured a little heap of salt on the table, but the jeweler gets a receipt and assurance that he'll get the necklace straight back as soon as Soapy comes to trial. He is congratulated on being a good citizen, and he watches proudly, already thinking of the tale he'll have to tell at at the end of the page. The page starts off with a word I don't think I've seen outside of this novel, Spalpeen. It's an Irish term that has entered English in the late 18th century and is generally understood to mean rascal or good-for-nothing, though can be used in the same manner, though affectionately, like scruffy-looking nerf herder, maybe. It's also a term for a migratory farm worker in Ireland and a couple of sites listed as possibly derogatory. So, boy, glad I said that a couple of times here. I couldn't find anything specific that really called it out as being exceptionally so. But if I'm wrong, please let me know. The cop calls the bishop Soapy, and this is likely a reference to Jeff Soapy Smith, a con artist who lived between 1860 and 1898. He earned the name Soapy through a scam that was referred to as the prize package soap racket, where he wrapped a number of bars of soap in brown paper, including several with bills of various denominations. The general public saw this happening and was wild to buy it. He, of course, used sleight of hand and other manipulations so that the money-wrapped bars of soap would end up in a separate bag, and the general public would only have the option to buy non-money soap. From time to time, a shill planted in the audience would get to buy one of the bars of soap wrapped in money just to keep things interesting and keep things moving. But yeah, most purchasers just got soap. A policeman named John Holland forgot the name Jeff and simply booked him as Soapy Smith and the name stuck. Soapy Smith died in a shootout in Skagway, Alaska, and the Skagway News headline was Soapy Smith's Last Bluff Called by Frank Reed, which, as headlines go, isn't all bad. The con on the page here has everything. Counterfeit money, expensive jewels, a man of the cloth, an Irish beat cop. What's not to enjoy? 
I found a post from Neil on Tumblr, and his account is pretty much the only reason I continue to have a Tumblr account at this point, because there's no porn in there anymore, and what's the point? The post is from January 9th, 2017, and he discusses why he thinks The Grift is Wednesday's favorite. Quote, I think Wednesday liked the Bishop game because its unbelievability makes it work. You, as the mug, know something is wrong, but when it comes into focus, you are looking at the wrong thing and feeling proud of yourself as you watch your money and jewelry going out the door. The fiddle game is simpler and more or less foolproof, but it trades on human cupidity rather than on the human desire to accede to authority and do the right thing. That's my guess, anyway. Not only is there the authority figure in the cop, but doubly so in the bishop, who isn't. After all, only a truly devious lowlife and criminal would dress himself up as a member of the clergy. I think what I really like about the supposed counterfeit money is that it's actually real, and I think that's the linchpin for the whole thing. The bank will confirm they're real, but the cop overrides this and says, no, no, they're not real. They're just very, very good forgeries. I love this grift on a lot of levels, but we'll want to keep it in mind as we read further into the book. This grift plays a larger role in the novel as a whole, though maybe not quite how you'd expect. Also, note Wednesday making a pile of salt on the table and prepare to be even more creeped out on tomorrow's page. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Gregonage for the use of his version of St. James Infirmary Blues as the show's theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.